The following episode of the 9pm edict contains strong language, disturbing imagery, and despair. It's Sunday, the 12th of July, 2020, and as this montage from the 7am podcast reminds us, uh, things have gotten out of hand. Good morning. The city of Melbourne has been plunged back into lockdown as police warned they will be ruthless to keep five million residents... Tonight, the army will move in, helping police create a ring of steel around the city. Protected by rolling roadblocks and mobile patrol. They'll start enforcing the second shutdown from midnight and we're being warned not to expect any leniency. Bear in mind, this will be a massive hit to the economy. This will be a huge hit for workers and in their employers. They now have to endure another six-week lockdown. But that's okay, right? Because an oath-sworn army is on the way. Yeah, g'day viewers. Uh, it's Simon Mask here with uh, Simeon uh, behind me. We've just got some news. The World Health Order uh, Organisation has crumbled. They've admitted it's all bullshit. We're heading into Melbourne, everybody, to 120 Racecourse Road, Flemington. Now, understand we're going in there understanding that we are under oath to General Flynn. Okay? We have the Australian Common Law, the Magna Carta behind us. I am now calling to every able man and woman to come to 120 Road, 120 Racecourse Road, Flemington, Melbourne. You can contact us. I'm going to put up a link to show where we are and how far we are away from that address. I'm going to post it on here. Um, we're going to meet around the corner and we're all going to go. Any police, any armies there, they're going to be disarmed by us peacefully with words. There's to be no anger, no shouting, no nothing. I'm going to go forward. I know how to do it. You need to trust in me, knowing that Simeon and I both believe in what we're doing and we know that we're in the right and we're protected by God. Now's the time, people. Get down there if you're in Melbourne. Ignore them. Drive straight through. Travelling under common law. Get a pen. Write it on your windows of your car. Travelling under common law. They have no jurisdiction over you. Absolutely none. You're a sovereign of Australia. It's time we unite. And now is that day. We're leading in right now. If any other groups are in there, cool. We're going to join you. But uh, at the end of the day, we're ready to swear everybody in under Flynn. Those who come, bring your hearts with you and your hand ready to put over it, and your other hand ready to raise to the sky and swear as God is your witness that you will remain a sovereign of this country. You will be protected by the United States military, and I'm then going to call to our army to come back under ownership of us and protect us as sovereigns and do the job. That is happening today. Have faith, we're on our way. Uh, that's Simon Maskey uh, with his heart and his hand and another hand. Uh, and his mate Simeon, that's S-I-M-E-O-N, a variant of Simon, not Simeon, S-I-M-I-A-N, which is another word, but perhaps appropriate under the circumstances. You know it is, you know it's all a big load of rubbish, right? Simon's talking to the cops now. Hey, yeah, you know the World Health Organization's back down. Right, they've, they've backed down. You guys are all out of line. You guys are going to be charged with treason at some point in time. Treason against the country. You're a disgrace to your uniforms. Did you get that? Disgrace to your uniforms. I, I mean, you may not believe this, but at this point the cops are unconvinced by his argument. You're all on record. And the cops go, 
Yeah, on record. So what? Ah, uh, yeah. I'll come down from Brisbane to give you the news that the World Health Organization is back out. You're all okay. out of line. No, you're out of line, brother. No, you're out of line. You're out of line, bro. I haven't been. I haven't. I haven't taken any directions, officer. I don't do contracts with with corporate. His video cuts off there, but it's the sovereign citizen argument that, that the police are somehow corporations and that by him uh, agreeing to their directions, he's um, created a contract with them and he doesn't create contracts with corporate police. And then he kicks off about the fact that the Victorian police uh, symbol, uh, their crest, has an inverted five-point star on it. Wearing an upside-down star on your, on your, on your um, uniform. Right, you're going to be charged with treason. Police commander, you're going to be charged with treason, brother. That's an upside-down star you're wearing on your shoulder there, mate. That's satanic symbolism. Under new laws, you're going to be prosecuted, brother. Sorry? You give me yours first. You give me yours first. Well, I don't do contracts. I don't do contracts with corporate police. Hey, don't touch me. Stand back. I'm backing up. I'm backing up. I don't know whether you heard that, but the cops basically said, you got two minutes to, well, fuck off, or we'll do you for failing to comply with police directions. Uh, so he kind of stood at a distance and continued uh, his argument, his debate. You're all treasonous against the country. Now, I don't know how you can claim that other people are treasonous when you yourself have sworn an oath to an American general and and in principle soldiers don't swear an oath to their general anyway they swear an oath to their nation to their constitution although <laughs> uh, the SS in World War II did of course swear personal allegiance to Adolf Hitler and that Turned out well, as we all know. Now, um, Simon Maskey uh, has continued on in Melbourne. Those grabs we heard were from last weekend when the Nine Towers uh, were going into lockdown, and that's another whole story, and, and we certainly haven't heard the end of that. Uh, but after that, on about by about Thursday, uh, Mr Maskey's plans were starting to come together. We're now looking for semi-permanent accommodation and we've got a little bit of an announcement. We've got a chap by the name of Rashad coming around and he's awesome. He is a high-tech systems analyst. Yes, bless him. Hmm. Wonder what that means for the government. Another boot fair up their ass is what it means. Where we go, one we go all. Where we go, one we go all. Righto. Righto. Uh, where we go, one where we go all is... Um a Q slogan from the QAnon movement. I hope you've been following that ludicrous set of conspiracy theories. I mean, if you've listened to this podcast before, you have heard bits and pieces of it. I don't know what to say about it. I never do. It's it's just deranged. Anyway, the next morning, Mr. Maskey told us a little more about his plans. Yeah, good morning, Australia. This is Simon Maskey here. I've been, uh, I've got a fair bit of intel in the in the middle of the night, and there's a lot of news for you guys. But um, I'm going to put this to you right now. What I need from all of you, all of you, 
I need you to swear the oath to General Flynn. You need to understand that I know what this means. You need to take that oath now and you need to take the oath to yourselves in your heart, to God and to your neighbours that surround you. I'm tired of knowing this beautiful city and all these awesome sovereigns behind me here in this shithole. And I'm not going to show you our full location because we are locked down, right? We are not actually locked down in the way that you guys are because we're free. We are in a safe, secure location and for the next 24 hours I will be operating with the United States military contacting General Flynn. We are going to under, into a covert operation of silence for the next 24 hours. When we return, I've got some surprises for you. Uh, yeah, one of the things about Simon is that he doesn't seem to be able to control the end of his videos. And I don't really know whether that's Simon's fault or his offsider Simeon's fault or whether it's the, you know, the deep state interfering with his communications. A very big thank you to um, Cam Smith in Melbourne. On the Twitters, he's Sexenheimer, because why not? He's been following these guys for quite some weeks, possibly longer. And if you follow Cam, you will just be kept up to date with the movements of these guys and many others in the sovereign citizen movement in Australia. It's great stuff. That's Cam Smith, Sexenheimer on the Twitters. Hello, I'm Stilgarian. Uh, this is the 9pm His Plague Diary episode 12 because I thought uh, it was about time I did a uh, COVID-19 oriented episode. Uh, for me, it's now day 117 of the quarantines or whatever it is that we're doing now. Is this lockdown? Um, I don't know. And look, I thought things were starting to look good. But as you know, I've been thinking for some time that we're opening up society just a bit too early. I'm still worried that restrictions are being lifted way too early uh, here in Australia. The entire claim by the Prime Minister, Scott Morrison, that if we wanted a beer at the pub, then we needed to download the app, was a lie. I have this horrible horrible feeling in my bones that this whole the app will save us we don't need no lockdown claim will turn out to be a terrible mistake yet another gullible belief in big data snake oil except it's one that will cost lives so this week or for the last week and a bit Victoria has been experiencing what some are calling a second wave that's worse than the first wave of COVID-19 infections. Have I actually mentioned that that's what this podcast is about? I mean, what else would it be about? For mine, I think this isn't a second wave. This is just the surge of new cases that are coming out after lifting restrictions that all those epidemiological charts were warning us about only a couple of months back. But, you know, why should we listen to actual experts instead of that daft cunt Adam Crichton and all the other mediocre white men who think they know everything? 
about the economy rather than the safety and indeed lives of people. Uh, Adam Crichton, by the way, is economics editor for The Australian. Uh, He is regarded, according to Wikipedia, as holding generally conservative views and has been called an arch-neoliberal, which kind of tells you everything you need to know about the prick. He is a contributor to Sky News Australia, which also tells you everything you need to know about the prick. I'm not going to link to him. His views on an epidemic are of no relevance whatsoever. And, and like, what even is the economy? Who is the economy exactly? What good is the economy if you're dead? Uh, anyway, the borders have been closed and Victorians are no longer welcome, uh, well, anywhere. From midnight tonight, Western Australia's border with the East will be hardened even further. Exemptions travelling from, from exemptions for people travelling from Victoria will be tightened. No one be, will be allowed if they have been in Victoria for the in the previous fourteen days, unless they fall into the new, even tighter list of exemptions. Uh, that's Roger Cook. He's the health minister in Western Australia. And that was him speaking on Thursday. What's been interesting about these announcements is that they are being made by health ministers or uh, chief medical officers or their deputies rather than politicians. So they're not necessarily as polished, uh, but that, I think, reinforces the seriousness of the message. Now, I'm not going to give uh, a day-by-day scored card of gloom in these podcasts. Um, I've said that from the beginning. But what I will say um, is that I'm starting to get worried again. And uh, because of that, I'm I'm pouring a gin. Uh, three large ice cubes is, I think, the way to go. Uh, and... Uh, uh, this is this is very good. Uh, I'm I've, I've got a jigger here today um, because, as you may know, uh, if you pour spirits without a jigger, the um, <laughs> the portions are always much smaller than uh, when you do. This is a four pillars uh, rare dry gin, recommended, uh, and I'm trying this. Other tonic water. This isn't really the mood for talking about a pandemic, is it? Um, uh, this is a Nexbar tonic water, um, which claims to be sugar-free, uh, naturally sweet, whatever that means. Um, I don't fucking know. What's it got in it? Sugars, zero. No, I'm really not sure what's going on there. Uh, Cheers. Oh, lovely. Um, But, um, okay, so here's my thoughts over the last few days. Um, I did spend three nights down in Sydney 
and I only got back to the mountains, uh, what's today, Sunday. So yesterday, uh, A, there's some fantastic deals on hotels these days because no one's travelling, right? B, it really improved my mood. It gets cold up here in the Blue Mountains, so down in Sydney it was warmer. Uh, I, I had some social life. Uh, even if I hadn't done that, just being able to walk around and see some people, even if they're in the distance, was really uh, good for my mental health. So all that's good, right? I really needed to uh, get away from the forest here. But then in the pub yesterday afternoon, I was having a quiet drink in the corner, but... People had gathered to watch the football. There were blokes sitting around a table shouting at each other. Um, so that's going to spray a lot of aerosols around, isn't it? Uh, and then earlier in the week, I'd seen three old blokes in another pub uh, sitting around a table. One of them was kind of sniffling and wiping his nose with his hand and <laughs> having a cough out there without covering his mouth. And then when uh, he was one of the first two to arrive, and then when the third guy arrived, oh yeah, shake hands, mate, and a bit of a bit of a bit of a hug in a in that blokey way. You know how blokes hug; they kind of touch each other's shoulders and get their bodies within, ooh, within fifteen centimeters of each other. But oh fuck, don't touch bodies. Anyway, I thought, yeah, the message isn't getting through. Is it? I mean, it isn't, right? Okay, okay. Now, I was one of the people at the pub, or the pubs, and then another one I'm not telling you about. So I'm part of the problem, right? I'm someone at the pub complaining about all the people who are at the pub. It's like all the people who are at the shopping centre complaining that the shopping centre is crowded. Why are all these people here when they're one of the people there? This is, uh, I mean, the same as a more traditional problem where people in a traffic jam complain, what's with all the traffic? No, no, you are traffic, right? You are traffic. So I'm a hypocrite. I mean, we all are, but I'm, I'm going to say it out loud. I, I was worried. The news was already coming out of Melbourne that, the beast is out, the virus is out, the rona is out. And and yet at the same time, they're carrying on as if it's all normal. Um, I'm worried about that. And then on the way back to the Blue Mountains, there was the news that a bloke from Katoomba, a bloke in his 50s, had tested positive for COVID-19. And you've got to remember... Katoomba is only a, you know, a few kilometres uh, from where I am and, and, you know, these are villages. A southwest Sydney pub is tonight a makeshift clinic with hundreds of anxious locals lining up in their cars to be tested. Five cases of the virus are now linked to the Crossroads Hotel in Kasula with the Deputy Chief Medical Officer conceding the coming days will be critical. The Crossroads Hotel looked more like a hospital, the bar shut, pub goers instead queuing to be tested after the hotel overnight became a COVID hotspot. I work here, so my boss uh, asked me to come just check. We were here for five and a half hours last night. Yeah, yeah. And, we and we got to the, to the top of the hill 
before they shut down. Two cases from the Kasula pub last Friday night suddenly became five. Three relatives of a man in his 50s from Springwood have now also tested positive to the virus. It was a COVID outbreak waiting to happen. Hayley Halo was at the pub on Saturday night and is now in isolation awaiting her test results and she's worried. There was no social distancing whatsoever. She and her family had booked a private room for 20 people, but this photograph shows another group was allowed to sit nearby. Her mother, who's undergoing chemo treatment for cancer, realised the danger and immediately left. And here she will be going to get tested, but she is pretty upset and distraught. Late today, hotel management denied any wrongdoing. The hotel has followed the government's Department of Health COVID-19 plan and all staff have been trained accordingly. The turnout here to be tested has been extraordinary. The clinic opened early and it's more than likely they'll be back tomorrow. And while these people wait for their results, action is now being taken to protect the vulnerable living in this community. The race now is to prevent this handful of cases from becoming a full-blown outbreak. It is fair to say that the coming days are critical to see what happens across the eastern seaboard. Damien Ryan, Nine News. Uh, thank you, Damien. What I found interesting about the reportage of that incident was that the New South Wales Health Minister, Braz, uh, Brad Hazard, said... I suspect that particular hotel is quite a popular hotel and I understand it would have been pretty full. Why? Because it's in Kazula? Because it's working class? Because Anyway, doesn't matter. A pub. A damn pub. People want to go to the pub. I went to the pub. Not that one. I went to another pub. We're fucked. We are so fucked. Back in Melbourne, uh, people running a birthday party got done with $26,000 of fines. Why? Uh, because the police, um, uh, some police happened to go into a KFC to get, obviously, some food and noticed that a couple of people were ordering 20 meals worth of KFC. So the cops followed them back, found that they're having a party, which is not allowed in Victoria right now. So 16 fines were issued after people made that large order at the Dandenong KFC. Dandenong. And in Tasmania, oh, not Tasmania, I don't know whether this is like real or not. But apparently, when Tasmania quite rightly said, <laughs> Victorians, you are not coming here, borders shut down, someone at the Mercury, the Mercury being Hobart's daily newspaper, uh, commented on that story, what a crock. My partner Darcy's been visiting a mate in Melbourne and now he can't even leave to come home this weekend because of corona lockdown. It's a joke. We'd already tried applying for an exemption, but the dog coppers declined it because they said him coming home to work on his mixtape weren't an essential service, even though he ain't even from Victoria. He was born here in Burnie, you dogs. I was planning on hopping on the spirit 
uh, that's the spirit of Tasmania, which is the ferry between uh, the north of Tasmania and the port of Melbourne. I was planning on hopping on the spirit to go see him, but I'm rostered on Cole's night fill tonight and someone's got to be here to feed me cat special food from the vet because Meowly Cyrus is lactose intolerant. Uh, so the things I love about that is both A, the cat is lactose intolerant, and B, Meowly Cyrus. Meowly Cyrus, that is an awesome name for a cat. Now, we ain't going to see each other for weeks, and I swear if he ends up hooking up with some infected Victorian tip rat mole while he's shacked up over there, I'll cut sick. This whole situation is a crock. I thought this was Australia, not some communist lockdown country, eh? Isn't that beautiful? That is just beautiful. As I say, I don't know whether it's true. I don't care whether it's true. That is just some fantastic writing. Uh, Meanwhile in America... I don't know where this woman is, but does not matter? She doesn't like the way she's being treated in the dental office and she wants to talk to the manager. You're going to work on my teeth, not my nose. I don't wear a mask getting my teeth cleaned. But it's about the safety from our, of all of our... Fine, I'll cover my mouth. Can I go be seated now? No, because you're not, you're not filling out the forms or letting us take your temperature. It's about protecting our... You can't take my temperature. Everybody. That's against the law. All right, well, I can't... You're not an MD. We're not okay. allowed to... No, I have a right to sue you for harassing me, the manager, and this entire company, Smile, whatever you call it, dental. I do have that right, and I talked to my attorney before I came here, too. So does he want that to happen? I've waited long enough for my teeth to be cleaned, okay? Let's get this done, okay? I I can't. They're telling me I can't see you. Who's there? The owner of the practice. I want to hear him. Get him on the phone. He has to send me in written writing, so I want to see your policy. You shouldn't be in the building without a mask either. I can do what I want. I'm free. It's not a law. It's not a law. This is a medical office. No, it's a dental office. It's a dental office, says Karen. God damn it. (laughs) Who the hell talks to their attorney before going to the dentist? She is so full of shit. Uh, But then something more serious... Actually, I need to tone down my voice here for this, don't I? Because this isn't funny at all. In Texas, a 30-year-old has died after attending a so-called COVID party because he thought the virus was a hoax. He actually told nurses, I think I made a mistake. Yeah, mate, you did. One of the things that was heart-wrenching that he said to his nurse was, you know, um, I think I made a mistake. And this young man went to a COVID party. Chief Medical Officer for Methodist Hospital, Dr. Jane Appleby, says the man was just 30 years old. He didn't really believe. He thought the disease was a hoax. He thought he was young and he was invincible and wouldn't get affected uh, by the disease. Appleby says lately she's been hearing about COVID-19 parties. Someone will be diagnosed with the disease and they'll have a party to invite their friends over to see if they can beat the disease. Appleby says some young patients don't realize how sick they really are. People will come in initially 
initially and they don't they don't look so bad they don't look really sick but when you check their oxygen levels and you check their lab tests uh, they're really sicker than they appear on the surface. Appleby says if you are not feeling well, have a high fever, cough, and severe muscle aches, you should get help. My plea uh, to our community and especially all of our young folks in the community is to take it seriously. Wear your mask. Dr. Ken Davis with Krista Santa Rosa also talked about young people and COVID-19 during tonight's briefing. He said young people are not only dying, but they're also experiencing long-term effects like joint pain that could last for months. Tiffany Huertas, KSAT 12 News. I, I want to make a sarcastic comment about these people, but they have been fed so much bullshit, right? They think it's a hoax. They're doing all these, like a COVID party, right? And now they're dying. In a related story, um, KRIS-TV in uh, somewhere in Texas. Apparently, Texas morgues are filling up, so they're sending refrigerator trucks to several counties, uh, says uh, Newsies County Judge Barbara Canales. I don't know why a judge is talking about this, but she said... That's why we're asking people to wear face masks. I am now having to order additional body bags and morgue trailers. People have to understand how real it is. I was going to read more of that story, but I really don't want to. Okay, we have to mention Trump, right? We do have to mention Trump. And today, as I record this, uh, which is Saturday the 11th in America, for the first time, US President Donald Trump has been seen wearing a mask in public. Good morning. We will begin this hour with breaking news. And US President Donald Trump has appeared in public wearing a mask for the first time since the pandemic began. Straight to our US correspondent, Tim Arvia, who has all the details for us. Tim, the president has been refusing to wear a mask in the past, so what's changed? Well, Jane, there are a number of possible reasons behind the president's decision today. And it does seem somewhat bizarre that this is such a huge story over here in the United States. But the fact of the matter is that masks have almost become a de facto political statement here in America. The president in the past has, says, have, has said some Americans might wear one to signal their disapproval of him. And there have been multiple instances of Americans wearing one in public being abused for doing so. So as the decision from the president today as to why he's done this... Uh, we don't know, but, you know, there are a number of possible reasons. The number of coronavirus cases are rising at the fastest rate since the pandemic began. Some of Donald Trump's political opponents are suggesting this is a distraction from his decision to use his powers to commute the sentence of his political ally, Roger Stone. The president, though, he spoke earlier on this detailing why he says he decided to wear a mask today after months of refusing to do so. I think when you're in a hospital especially in that particular setting where you're talking to a lot of soldiers and people that in some cases just got off the operating tables. I think it's a great thing to wear a mask. I've never been against masks, but I do believe they have a, a time and a place. 
Now, amidst all the doom and gloom with those rising coronavirus cases, there has been a bright spot for Disney fans, with Disney World reopening in Florida with compulsory masks, social distancing and also temperature checks for those people attending. But while uh, obviously many people are very excited about this, medical experts are warning with Florida seeing cases spike, more than 10,000 cases in the last 24 hours. They are warning that Disney World may be the happiest place on earth for people, but also the happiest place on earth for the coronavirus as well Mm, yeah so i think we need to say a couple of things about that story one disney world is going to be a clusterfuck of infections isn't it especially in florida i don't know whether you've been following the news from florida but yeah not so good uh secondly Why did Trump suddenly decide to wear a mask when previously he hadn't? And it's just apparently says, Oh, he's never been against masks. No, he's he's just said that he feels that they would somehow make him look weak. And I've never understood why he feels the need to do these press conferences under a helicopter, like next to a helicopter about to take off. Like just why would you deliberately ruin the sound that can come from the press conference? Now, a very interesting thing to come out of this is how uh, the trumpets, uh, the trumpers, have suddenly shifted their view on masks. For example... Uh, where are some of these? Carrie Dixon star, star, star text Trump to something. Obviously part of the campaign I can't be bothered looking at. You know why wearing a mask bothers the hell out of me? I literally feel like I, I'm capitulating to the Chinese Communist Party. That's my honest answer. Uh, and that's from like the ninth of this month, so what's that, Thursday, suddenly she sees Trump wearing a mask. He looks like a fucking badass. Yeah, right. Uh, What are some of the other these? You know, Brad Piscali. um, uh, I mean, you can look these people up for yourselves. He suddenly goes, yeah, America first. America first, and then someone with the Twitter uh, like like ID Lucy W seven 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 America flag star 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 America flag says coolest mask ever. How do I get one? Uh, and this was after she said only back in May. No, I am not wearing a face mask, no matter what it says. So remember Trump, Uh, you've got to love his intellect, right? Here is something he said just the other day. The Republican Party has grown incredibly from where it was, and we have uh, a whole different group of people in the Republican Party. Like, people don't... Remember, nobody ever heard of it until I came along. Nobody remembered it for a long time, or they didn't use it, at least. I use it all the time. Abraham Lincoln was a Republican. 
You know, you say that, people say, I didn't know that. But he was a Republican. So uh, we're doing a great job. But that's a beautiful job. I appreciate it very much. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I, I mean, no one knew Abraham Lincoln was a Republican until Trump told us that. What is wrong with that man? Incidentally, if you want to look at some of the photos or uh, videos of Trump finally arriving in a mask, there are photos showing that he didn't actually know how to wear it. Like, it has to cover your nose as well as your mouth. And the other thing I like about it, if you look at the video of him coming towards the camera with all of his military leaders behind him, he looks... Behind the mask, you just tell he is having the biggest fucking sook. He doesn't want to be doing this. He's sulking. He thinks he's the great negotiator. I'm sure he thinks he's a great poker player, but like, nah. Nah. Um, speaking of Trump, uh, today, uh, which is Sunday in Australia, Saturday in the America, uh, the Wisconsin Republican Convention happened, which was, of course, held in person in a crowd. So here is Republican Congressman Glenn Grothman representing. It's time to talk about Donald John Trump. <coughs> okay. Yep. Okay. Yeah, or maybe not okay. I don't think that's going to end well, do you? Not me. Uh, incidentally, I, I'll repeat again, if you want to uh, subscribe to a Twitter account uh, where you can get the best of the really quite fucked up uh, presidential and uh, other press conference grabs... Aaron Rupar, uh, who is on Twitter as at Rupar, by which I say, as other people say, at at Rupar, A-T-R-U-P-A-R is his account. It has an at at the front because that's how you signify a user account on Twitter. I don't think you should pronounce the at the front of at. So I think this guy should just be, I've done this before, but I think this guy should be at Rupar. A.T. Rupa, but some other people will say at, at Rupa. Those people are wrong. But what can you do? Mm-hmm. Uh, more gin. If you've been uh, following these, uh, uh, his, um, his Plague Diary episodes for a while. You know, I've been following the story of US Navy Captain Brett Crozier, who was the commander of USS Theodore Roosevelt, one of the big nuclear-powered aircraft carriers, who had actually questioned his senior officer's decision about how to handle the coronavirus. Uh, he was sacked, and now it turns out that he will not be reinstated uh, the two senior commanders on the ship, according to the inquiry, did not do enough soon enough to stem the outbreak, according to uh, the head of the US Navy. This is actually uh, quite a stunning reversal, as uh, the story I'm citing said. 
as you know, all of the stuff is like linked on the podcast website. So there are credits for all of this and references for all of this. Um, but yes, the captain was fired uh, because he pleaded for fast. Well, not because because his email pointing this out got leaked to the media. Uh, he did get sacked. There was, uh, as you've heard on this podcast, an, an amazing support for him from his crew uh, and other people wanted him to be uh, reinstated. Uh, but according to the inquiry, Captain Brett E. Crozier, the captain of the ship, and Rear Admiral Stuart Baker, commander of that carrier strike group, uh, made serious errors in judgment as they tried to work through an official uh, the outbreak uh, that ended up with the USS Theodore Roosevelt being sidelined in Guam for ten weeks, uh, and I can say that obviously, if your US strike carrier is out of action for ten weeks, that's a significant thing, but that's the decision. Uh, meanwhile. Uh, the Theodore Roosevelt has returned home to San Diego on Thursday, just the other day, uh, with its new captain, uh, who came on board after the previous uh, commanding officer was sacked, as I've just said. Uh, the story uh, that I've cited from Time magazine said there were no emotional embraces on the US Navy pier, typical of such ho uh, homecomings. Uh, after sailors have returned after months at sea because of the coronavirus lockdown. So, yeah, they all just quietly uh, arrived at San Diego and the sailors went home. Not very romantic, is it? Meanwhile, in the United Kingdom, yes, let's move away from the United States. One of my favourite Twitter accounts from the UK is Pointless Letters, uh, which uh, brings to us uh, the kind of letters to the editor in uh, in national and local newspapers across the UK. And uh, today I saw uh, that a few uh, people writing letters to the Daily Express and the Daily Mail are so aroused, says Pointless Letters, at the idea of troops on the street that their nipples could be used to cut glass. Let's hear it for nipples. Uh, excuse me. Uh, this letter from Bob Cross from Eccles in Greater Manchester. Uh, not a goon show uh, character. Excuse, excuse me, this is terrible. <coughs> Sorry. Give lawless thugs a taste of their own medicine. Why do we put up with the idiots flouting law and order? We have several battalions of well-trained soldiers based around the country and specialist units ready to go at a moment's notice. There is no cost involved to our government, men, women, equipment and vehicles ready to go to boost police forces and show we mean business. All right. John Brown of Orkin in Lancashire says, send in armed forces to clear yobs off our street. 
Yeah, considering the yobbery and disgusting scenes on the streets of our country at the present time, wouldn't it now be prudent to bring in the armed forces to assist our already depleted police forces to bring home, uh, to bring some, I should say, law and order back and to avoid an already escalating terrible situations? Other countries can do it, so why can't we? That's from John Brown and uh, Auckland uh, Lancashire. And from Alan Harvey in Yarm in North Yorkshire, we need proper coppers. Policing is not fit for dealing with a minority causing trouble in our cities and at the seaside. To resolve this, officers need to be split into one section under the Minister for Social Services for some reason, to happily perform tokenism with flags, dancing and gestures. The others who want to stick out their chins, stand tall and puff out their chests while doing proper coppering would be placed under the Ministry of Defence. I don't, I don't think I understand all of what's going on here, uh, but that's from Alan Harvey in uh, North Yorkshire. As I say... Why are all the people at the beach? Ask the people at the beach. <coughs> Elephant stamp time! <coughs> Elephant stamp time. Each episode of this podcast, except for the episodes that don't include me awarding elephant stamps of approval for excellence in the category of thinking. Now, I mostly hadn't done this in these, like, Plague Diary episodes because they seemed inappropriate. But I have three this time. And the first one goes to the Australian government for their advertising on TikTok and Instagram. Please download the COVID Safe app so I can travel soon. I'm begging here. And now's a montage of just some guy. Check to see if you've got the COVID Safe app for us. Yay! But seriously, do it. Please, 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 please. Please, 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 please. And then there was in that TikTok advert like some parkour bullshit and then people catching up and swapping phones with the COVID safe app and touching each other, which is kind of against the whole fucking point of it. There's also a, uh, an Instagram ad apparently, which, which has a young woman saying, Oh great. Now that I can hang out with some of my friends, but as Peter Morin, um, says on the on the Twitters, this beggar's belief. How did not one person involved in this campaign not think it should be pulled given what has happened in Melbourne this week? Completely tone deaf and lacking in any understanding of human psychology. As a parent of three Melbourne children, this campaign means I not only do not want any from 
anyone from this department having anything to do with supporting their mental health, but now I want to block the website entirely from their social media feeds. A spectacular fail by the advertisers. And yeah, I'm I'm with with I'm so with Mr. Moran there. Back in a previous epidemic, pandemic, HIV AIDS, I was involved in a very, very small way in public health messaging. But the whole point was to make sure that any messages to our community, in this case young people, were developed with and in fact by the people of that community to get it right, not, uh, shall I say, a bunch of advertising executives sort of desperately trying to relive their youth. The, The ads are appalling. They are so bad. Elephant stamp to the Department of Health Australia. Uh, Number two goes to Freddie Garza in San Antonio, Texas. And I kind of feel a bit bit bad about doing this with with this guy, but uh, this is the thing. On June 14th, he put on the socials the message... I've been raw-dogging strippers since 03. You think COVID is going to stop me? Shit! And three weeks later, his account is Namaste, motherfucker. Freddie Garza, God bless America. Love and live as if it's your last day remembering him. Yeah, he's dead. He's dead. Because the stupid cunt was... I mean, what do I say? There's so much of this about. You've heard it earlier about the COVID parties. Elephant stamp and regrets to Fetty Gaza in San Antonio. And the third elephant stamp goes to R.S. Archer, And I'm going to cut to the chase on this because the podcast is going on for a while now. But over the last couple of weeks, I've talked about how this person who is allegedly called R.S. Archer and who allegedly lives in the Dordogne in in, um, France, it's called. And uh, he and his wife, who are, well, she's French and he's dual British French citizen have been relaying a story about some Brexiteer family who have a house nearby which they now can't retire to because of Brexit. The account disappeared. There was lots of speculation about whether it was genuine. Well, now it's back. And uh, no, I'll cut time. It's it's back. I linked to it a podcast or two ago. Just check it out. Good heavens! I played. <laughs> I played the 
theme music in one of the Plague Diary episodes. I wasn't going to do that, but here we are. And look, as you know, this podcast, you know what this bit is about, isn't it? This podcast is made possible by you, the generous listeners, and this episode, it's thank to it's uh, thanks to Citizen Gold, whoever he is, who asked me to give a shout out to Rainer, R A E N A, a previous supporter. So, cheers, Rainer. Cheers from Citizen Gold, uh, and Citizen Gold also signed up for an edict uh, schooner level subscription so that's fabulous um i haven't really pushed the subscription so much lately more than just the one-off things while we're in weird one-off times but yes if you'd like to join citizen gold and all of the people in previous episodes um and as i say look in the quarantines we've got we've all got a lot on our minds so it's not a big thing but um if you're able to join them, please go to stilgarian.com slash tip. That's stilgarian.com slash tip. And uh, contribute what you can. I, it's lovely. It's really keeping me afloat in these times when uh, work is a bit thin. Now, each of these episodes, I have tried to finish with something that is a glimmer of hope in these sad times, uh, and I think this is a glimmer of hope. Uh, it's that Trump's, Donald Trump, yes, Donald Trump's cognition is fine. He's been tested, unlike his opponent, Joe Biden. Because he hasn't taken any cognitive tests because he couldn't pass one. I actually took one when I, uh, very recently, when I, uh, when I was, you know, the radical left was saying, is he all there? Is he all there? And I proved I was all there because I, I aced it. I aced the test. And he should take the same exact test, a very standard test. I took, took it at Walter Reed uh, Medical Center uh, in front of doctors, and they were very surprised. They said, that's an unbelievable thing. Rarely does anybody do what you just did. But he should take that same test. But I mean, yeah, maybe Joe Biden should take that cognitive test to see whether he aces it. You may be wondering why that is a glimmer of hope. It's not because of what Trump just said. It's because of what Sarah Cooper does with his quotes. Now, I have linked to this on the podcast website. As you know, I link to everything on the podcast website. Sarah Cooper has been doing some fantastic miming and, and acting to Trump's speeches. Do check her out. Well, not only has her stuff gone viral, as fuckwits say, uh, she has been interviewed in In Style magazine uh, just recently, and I've put in a link to that because it's a fabulous interview. And my point about things being things of hope is that young people are doing good. Even in these terrible, terrible quarantines, there's there's all manner of young people doing fabulous things in the media. Sarah Cooper is one of them. Check out her story. And that's 
all I've got to say. And indeed, that's all the edict for now. Thank you for listening. The next episode will be whenever I get around to it, because it, who knows what the fuck is going on these days. Until then, I'm still Garyan. Wash your hands. The 9pm edict is a skank media production. Sorry.